Welcome to the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs, bringing you from zero to 60 in the non-fungible token world without breaking the bank. With your hosts, Andrew, aka Rantum, and George from Mostly Stable on Zed Run, who will help you navigate new projects, interview expert guests, and explore NFT trends. So whether you're on your first or 50th NFT, we're going to have something for you. And as a quick note, we are not, I repeat, not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Alrighty, disclaimer over, let's get to it. Day on all about affordable NFTs. We are talking about loss aversion and NFTs, the secret science behind FOMO and HODL. We'll get to that later. Andrew, what are we seeing in the news? Oh, right. Yeah. What are we seeing out here? We've got, whoa, we've got Genie XYZ has been acquired. So this is an aggregator. This has been acquired by Uniswap Labs. So I, uh, Uniswap is the first real push into NFTs, but I think this is pretty significant. Um, we saw Gem, another aggregator, get acquired by OpenSea a couple months ago. And this was, uh, this was kind of the other big aggregator out there or is the other big aggregator out there right now and uh it's big that uniswap has has acquired them um i can definitely see um how they will uh or how this could add some different liquidity options with uh, uniswaps so, you know if uniswap can build this into their suite of products yeah we mentioned genie a while back we were talking about multiple bids and bid aggregators and you actually called the fact they're like i'm gonna do some transactions on here because i bet they're going to make a distro at some point. Now, they don't have a coin coming, but they are, as I understand it, going to be rewarding the people that had transactions. And this has already been snapshotted with USDC coin or with a yeah. stable coin. I love so I, you know, what's in your wallet? Point. I think we did some transactions there way back because of that episode. So late in alpha. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's interesting. I haven't seen a, a straight USDC airdrop like that, but. I like it. I don't have to worry about the token price suddenly diving as everybody settles. Like, yeah. Usually when that happens, it's like, all right, start your engines. Let's liquidate this thing as quick as possible. All right. Then next, we've got some news on what is coming for Facebook and Instagram regarding NFTs. So um, I'm not sure if you've had a chance to look much into this uh, yet, George. Yeah, I mean, as I understand it, it's a deeper integration with NFTs and eyeing toward a, an actual, I think, more of a, a marketplace, as I understand it. Yeah, and it's, well, they are putting aside the the issue of the 47.5% um, fee that they'd like to take. They're saying that they're just, just going a to be tiny free taste. for now. Tiny take. Don't worry about it. We're going to give you it free for now and then... I mean, at least they're telling you this time that they're what they're going to do. In many cases, it's been, we'll give you something free. And then we just change the terms later on and start charging, charging brands for, for the same exposure. So, you know, we'll see what happens here. Um, you know, we, we've talked about how this has the potential to bring a lot of people in. And I just hope that it is the right experience if this is what's going to be the first NFT experience for many people. What I do like is it's making you realize that there's a commoditized race to the bottom game for platform fees, right? Even 2.5, maybe look back and that's the open CC. Maybe just you're like that for doing what exactly making it riskier, allowing a whole bunch of 
other fake projects to scam me, letting latent mm. contracts get stolen. Like, what What was this 2.5 getting me? Uh, sorry, yeah. sorry for the flood there. But like, I'm just saying it's reflective of a commoditized market where the, the number you're going toward is zero. So you're going to make your money maybe some other way. Uh, but 2.5 seems high. And it's a very, very important note. You don't have to look far back in history books to see Facebook with a, a proud history of rugging developers and people that rely on its platform. Yeah. Yeah. So what's another 45%? I think it's well worth it, right? Whatever, man. That JPEG's going to 10, 10x. Okay. All right. So next here, we've got Doodles. They have announced uh, Pharrell as their chief brand officer. Um, they've also raised another round uh, led by Alexis Ohanian, um, the founder of Reddit and has his own uh, VC fund now. Um, the the price on those have, of course, uh, climbed on that news. They also had a, I understand they had a uh, impressive party. I assume Pharrell probably, probably performed at the party, um, but they've had some pretty uh, good live events I've heard in the past. I think they had a big event at South by Southwest and uh, the price after that uh, started going up as well. So. Um, interesting, definitely, uh, not going away. Like we've seen some other, I don't know, some other big name projects just kind of peter out and we're seeing that they're still, still going for it here. Yeah. I mean, I consistently hear strong things about their team. Um, I don't own any doodles. They are they're not on my short list because their price doesn't come to very much affordable territory yeah, very often. The point. <laughs> yeah. That's good for them. Right. <laughs> Congrats if you are a holder. Cause that's, uh. I wouldn't, I wouldn't look to sell that right now if I, if I were holding. No. We've got some other news of a, I guess a web two company coming into the NFT space. This is eBay acquiring NFT marketplaces, known origin. I don't know if I'd say marketplace necessarily. It's more of a uh, NFT art platform. Um, but that's, it was, that's big news. Um, I was very surprised to see that eBay was the one that ended up with known origin. I thought that there was, I mean, it seemed to me like there was a possible, there was, there would have been a good case to be made for them being acquired by a more crypto native company that, uh, I presumably could keep, just give them more stability, um, over time. Well, you need, you need capital to make acquisitions. And when your capital and your bank may have been held in crypto, it, it's hard to make moves potentially. So, you know, it may be a big web two opportunity buying point. Yeah. I just, I didn't. You didn't know that I was going to have eBay-based NFTs in my wallet. Well, I mean, you see it in Shopify. I mean, the, the e-commerce giants know that there's a lot of transaction volume and, you know, they're they're in that game. And so you know, I think there's a realization that it doesn't matter if it's, you know, tangible and tangible with regard to like, am I, is it a physical object or we're just talking about the transfer of ownership of a object or an idea yeah i mean they definitely get that part and i think you know in some ways it's a lot easier when you don't have to deal with the, the physical object yeah all right and last news story we've got here solana nft marketplace the uh magic eden uh has raised 130 million dollars they're planning to expand to uh more chains so you know we may end up seeing them be uh more of a competitor with OpenSea right now. Solana does, or Solana is on OpenSea, but uh, there's, I think it's something like less than 2% of the overall volume is done on OpenSea. So there's not much competition between them directly right now, but I think we may see that uh, Magic Eden may 
you know, may extend to the Ethereum chain at some point. Hey, someone just dropped 130 million on you. You better have a total addressable market that includes more than Solana. So I have really liked using Magic Eden. I, I think uh, it's, uh, it's really turned me on to like the possibility that there's something over there, but it's, it's good overall for the market. Six billion valua valuation on that. Uh, on In that a monster bear market. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. you know, that's an impressive, that's, that's an impressive. But also Magic Eden has days where it outperforms in terms of total volume transacted OpenSea. That's true. That's a good point. And yeah, we will, we'll see what happens here. I think, uh, you know, we're still seeing the, the marketplace, uh, we're still seeing the market, the marketplace is developed, but I don't know that we will, that it will just be open sea, like it has been, uh, dominating the mar marketplace platform, marketplace wars in the future. Yeah. All right. So our affordable project this week is a bit of a, I'll just be honest, uh, a cop out double down. But I'll, I'll make the case, uh, again, just really quickly about the bankless and bankless DAO token. And, you know, we mentioned it before that is coming from bankless, the leading podcast, I'd say leading crypto podcast, frankly, um, with an amazing dedicated, uh, audience, but also just respect on the space. I mean, just to throw it out there, one, the opportunity just to map it out is the bankless, uh, DAO token currently trading at one cent. And now, you know, this thing is down quite significantly. It like, I mean, look in 90 days, it, you know, it, it hit a percent in the last 24 hours though. Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> depending on what 24 hours we're talking about, but you know, this thing was, uh, at 12 cents, um, back in December of 2021, but I just want to, you know, play out the, the narrative really quickly is that bankless DAO holders that have at least 35,000 tokens get access to the community, but what's more are part of this community that has the potential for a future NFT drop. Nothing's been said, nothing's been promised. You can look back at the Kevin Rose conversation that they had, but again, if you're thinking about, you know, and I try to do this levered ETH plays. Bankless is really the vanguard of communications around ETH. They pick up the phone and have Vitalik on the line. Boom, he's on the podcast. They have a reputation in the crypto space such that they like DM'd Mark Cuban last week. And with 40 minutes notice, the guy is on their podcast for an episode. If we are looking for things that can carry reputation and attention, capital A attention, which drives value. Um, I see this as, you know, a, a levered ETH play um, at a time when you're saying like, okay, they have the, the means of production, they have the means of broadcast, and they have the reputation and trust that is necessary to, to launch something of significance. And I think they're smart and they're not going to launch shit during a bear market, but they are building and thinking. And I think post-merge and when the market returns, they're going to remember who their friends were. And so uh, it's a project that I'm, I'm looking to double down on and get a little more friendly with. Yeah, that's a, it's a good one to bring back up. It looks like it's actually at the, you know, right around the lowest price it's ever been. Um, so, you know, I think that's not a bad time to be buying. Um, and like, is it, how many is it that you actually have to hold to, uh, to be able to join the- 35,000. 
So okay. full disclosure, I am, I already have 35,000. I'm uh, looking at maybe pulling the trigger on some more so that I can hold and then sell when, when it, when it rises a little bit. Um, you know, the old buy. still be able to hold your 35,000. Like, tokens. <laughs> like, hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it is interesting. You know, we're, this is not a, an NFT, but obviously, you know, we think that there may end up being NFT yeah. here as we've talked about in the past. Um, and, uh, you know, it is funny to think, you know, when you're buying just amount of tokens and there's no pictures, it feels, it feels very different. <laughs> um, you don't feel it. You don't have the much of a, an attachment to those, those tokens when it's just a number. It's true. I, you know, it really begs that, like, I want to be identified as a member of this community more so than like, oh, I looked at the assets you're holding, but on the chain and I found that like, no, I like can strong communities will look for that identifiable membership element. It's, um, yeah, you know, clearly not financial advice. Like I'm speculating on speculation. That's what, that's like what's the, been in my head recently. <laughs> I like this one. I, I think I do not have any yet. Um, I think I may need to, uh, go, go take, go take the advice that, you know, we gave out at maybe the wrong time at the first time, but, uh, so hold on. I, I took my own advice, but here's the joke. Like ETH, I think at that point may have dropped more than the price of at the, at the point with uh, the transaction, but it was it cost. I think at the time I did it, it was like about point five ETH to get 35,000. And now it's down to point three ETH to get 35,000. And of course you can, you know, play a game any way you want dollar cost or just ate it. Yeah. Nice. Well, thanks for reminding us of this one, George. Yeah. I mean, our ultimate advice is we realize that every time we do our project reviews, we should have just bought it, bought two of everything we ever said, regardless of what we thought at the time. The problem is selling it at the right time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Over a period of time, we would have done fine, but there's points at which you should sell. And it's oh, true. Well, maybe we should, uh, maybe we should get into that a bit. <laughs> oh God. I don't want to touch it. I'm so fresh. The only thing I can for sure do. And like the people in the square laugh because they just keep saying it is like the only firm advice I can give you is just wait until I sell something. And that number is going to go up. As sure as the <laughs> sun rises in the morning, you wait for me to sell it. And that, that freaking thing is going up only. All right. So look for. Look for George to sell. I'm the ultimate. It. I'm the ultimate sell signal. Just add 72 hours. Okay. Here we go into loss. Oh man. Here we go into loss aversion NFT land. And and here's here's the narrative that I'm I've been thinking about. What is really behind FOMO and HODL? And I'm just trying to get into like why I've made some of the mistakes I've had, and you know, been frustrated when I've been. The idea of loss aversion is a behavioral economic term referring to uh, the idea that the the real or potential loss is perceived by individuals, uh, you know, emotionally, it's, it's more severe than an equivalent gain. So put another way, the the pain of losing $100 is like two or three times greater than the joy of finding the same amount, which is, which is a weird way to put things, but it is something that has been literally proven in, in various ways where they do experiments of, you know, would you take this gamble if it meant losing this much versus gaining this much? And we just, we hate losing things, which makes it tough to play the NFT game with the swings being what they are. And it can really uh, cause you to make stupid buying and selling decisions because of this loss aversion versus 
playing the game as though like you were a computer who could calculate the proper expected value. And there's this like loss aversion engine just running in the background. I don't know. Does this make sense to you? Do you see this manifest? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I've, I've heard of this uh, phenomenon in the past, you know, the idea that, uh, <laughs> I don't know, it's, it, it's probably reasonably why we don't sell our NFTs at the right time and, you know, hold them on the way down. And then when they go down, man, it feels like, <laughs> it feels like you lost, even though you never, you know, you were never ready to sell at that high price anyway. You didn't have that, but it still feels like you've lost that um, when it does go down. And we've all had a bit of that, at least a bit of that recently, um, <laughs> probably a lot of that. And, you know, it, it does hurt. And we, I don't think that most of us appreciate or, you know, by the science is telling us that we really don't appreciate things when they're going up, um, to the same degree that, you know, we, we, uh, we hurt when they go down. So one way to think about it for me, I'm just trying to consider when I'm watching a number go down by, you know, oh, I've lost 0.3 ETH on this thing versus when I sell for like a gain and to really say like, oh, I'm still frustrated by my gain because I'll watch it go up still. And then it's like loss aversion on top of my gain. I'm like, I don't even get the emotional upside. And sometimes it can just not be fun. You know, it's like, even when I win, I feel like I've lost because it goes up by, you know, an amount that I was like, ah, I lost it by this. It, it, it's a very hard game. Yeah. That's the, I mean, like you were saying before, you know, you wait till, wait till to ourselves and then the price is going to go up. You do feel like you lost that because you had the chance to be, you know, to hold until that higher price came. Of course, you know, would you sell at that price or would you hold until, you know, until it ended up being a had an even lower price than what you did sell it for. So, you know, I think it is really hard because you don't, you don't, it almost feels like when the price go, goes up, it kind of feels like, well, that's what it's expected to do. That's not, I don't, you know, I, I bought expecting that the price would go up and that's what it's doing. So I'm not necessarily going to sell when I see that happen. Um, but then all of a sudden when it starts going the other way, you know, you, you may think a little differently, um, you know, because you do feel like you, you lost that opportunity. The reason I also bring it up is I'm trying to steal myself a little bit with an emotional guard, wondering whether or not my emotions about a project or my instinct about a project match the, match the reality. And so put another way, if I see that my project that I'm invested in starts going down, my emotions are probably going to cause me to hold on to it with the aspiration that I won't lose this money if I just wait long enough and it slides and slides and continues to slide. So I could have taken a much smaller loss, which is felt as two or three X, but it's going to make me a little bit slower in thinking about selling on the way down. And conversely, it's also going to mess with how I uh, calculate expected value for, you know, oh, I have a profit now, but I'm going to be maybe slower to pull a trigger because it could go up more and I could lose out on that, on that Delta. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think about it both on the upside and downside, but it, it definitely is in play and causes me to make messy decisions. Yeah. I mean, the emotions of, <laughs> you're certainly going to get tested in crypto and in, and in NFTs because we see these things move so quickly uh, in both up and down price directions. And that makes it, I mean, that does test your emotions in here. And I think it's important to just think about that, acknowledge that there are emotions at play with these and, you know, try it's, 
you know, try to take those out at times when you're, when you're making your buying and selling decisions, but you know, it obviously cannot be done fully. I think it is important to try to try to keep these things in mind, take some wins when you, when you can, and recognize that those are, those are actually wins and you need to do it or else, you know, you're, it's going to be tough to, to stay, stay around the NFT, uh, just the NFT space for, for long, I would think. And the other piece for me is the idea that this is the science behind FOMO, the fear of missing out. I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose, which is going to have the emotional impact of two or three X, the amount there. And one thing that I'm really trying to hold myself to is, is not letting loss aversion jump in when I miss a mint. And then that sort of following 24, 48 hours where the price sort of pumps and inevitably comes down, except in very, very, very rare cases. To not be part of grabbing that bag in the following 24, 48 hours after, after a mint, uh, after a mint out, I'm like, I missed the train. I missed the train. Let's just wait. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think that's smart. You got to try to do that. You know, you, you know, there are the rare cases where it keeps moving up. And I think there's some, you know, when you're interested in the project, you have, you have a tendency to think that, well, I've obviously picked the project that's going to keep moving up because I've picked out the one, the one from, you know, among all these others that this is going to be the smart one, but you got to recognize you're probably not that good. You probably, I, don't, I know that I'm not, um, and I generally, and you know, that's when I do make the mistakes is when you're thinking that, you know, somehow you, you You've got some sort of <laughs> um, insight into why this one's going to be so different than all the others. Yeah, I think that's a whole whole other episode of assuming that you're better than the average investor is a very dangerous place to be. <laughs> Yet here we are throwing darts. That's right. All right. Thank you for humoring me on the on the loss of virgin game here. Uh, anything else to add before we sign off? No, I, I think that was a good good discussion. Good discussion. See you out there. I'm going to go check the, the bankless price now. This has been an episode of the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs. The episode notes and resources may be found at 3ANFT.com in our show notes. Again, 3ANFT.com. And that reminder, don't bet what you can't afford to lose. Remember, we are not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Thanks for joining us. I hope you learned something.